Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. It's another Tuesday, Clitorati. Today, we are celebrating the divine masculine within all of us. Our guest today currently co-leads four different men's teams. He has a stand that men have access to wisdom, tools, rites of passage, role models, and sacred spaces so that we can transform the masculine culture in our society. Him and Austin, as you know, Silver Fox, have been creating a safe space where men and women can heal together within ceremony. And yes, this all sounds a little woo-woo and I can hear some of you going, oh, those LA people. But we talk so much about embracing the feminine on our show that when we had the opportunity to be a fly on the wall on how men are healing the masculine, our ears perked up. So please welcome Samir Janjua and Austin Silver Fox. Welcome, you guys. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here. I don't think it's, I love woo woo shit, by the way. Let's get as woo woo as I do too. I think our audience does too. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, We're so excited to have you both here. So let's just jump right in because there's so much ground to cover in this episode that I'm so excited for. So, Samir, what led you to this work of leading men's circles? Tell us about your journey. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much. Honored to be here, truly. And um, what got me into men's work was one of my best friends at the time looked me straight in the eye and said, hey, brother, there's this men's weekend coming up and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. We don't know how long this leader is going to be around and I'd like to see you do it. And in that moment, I got present to who he was being, like his success in his business, how he was showing up to his partnership and I was so enrolled. I was just like, you know what, whatever you're doing, I'm a yes. And I just trusted in him and committed, not really knowing what that looked like. And that really began my journey uh, towards men's work, which was June, 2018. And funny side story, that's actually how I met Austin was at that same circle. We uh, circled up three years ago. Just recently, we started reconnecting, which is so cool to see that's that's exactly how we got brought together too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think Austin tried to get Ethan to go to that too, but he didn't go. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm I might like have. vaguely remembering this now. Let's get the wizard to go. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Yeah, he, he would know. He would totally do it. Um, amazing. Okay, great. So when we were prepping for this episode, we were talking to Silver Fox and he brought up some terminology that we loved and we want to start unpacking that with both of you. So can you define the two parallels of the conversation today, which is, toxic masculinity and divine masculinity, which I've never heard before and love. (laughs) Sure. That's great. I mean, it's so interesting when I hear the word toxic masculinity, I just like have this resistance within me. I'm like, oh, I'm just like, that is not who I want to be. Or like, uh, there's just something there for me around it. It's interesting when even hearing you say it, Mm. Um, but I would say toxic masculinity. I mean, I can just take ownership and responsibility. Some of the ways I was showing up when I was younger could have been labeled as toxic. For example, Mm -hmm. like ah, things of like not honoring my word to people like lying, just telling a straight up lie. I think that would be something that's like, hmm, 
you know, I just, that was just where I was at in that point in time in my life with the consciousness mm-hmm. I had. Or even when I was dating previously, like ghosting people, you know, like just not being in communication, just not returning any kind of, you know, conversations or like uh, letting them know where I was at. Um, Even like kindness, something as simple as kindness. Like if I was maybe judging people in the past or just like talking behind their back, maybe not saying something that I would say to their face. Like I think some of those things kind of fall in this umbrella of toxic masculinity and really like even... I haven't personally done this myself in the past, but I've heard of other men do like just even abusive kind of things where physical violence is involved. I would say like, that is, that is not good. <laughs> um, and awesome. I'm curious for you too, brother, like what, what kind of things come up in your opinion when you hear the word toxic masculinity? Um, I think being, being controlling, being controlling, uh, being, irresponsible. I think a lot of it is just unawareness. It's not that people do it or men do it on purpose. Uh, It's just something that happens when you're not aware and you're not being responsible for your communication. Um, So you you could put people down not knowing it. When you're focused on yourself and focused on materialism, um, you know, making money and kind of running over people on the path to to certain results, um, that can be very toxic and, and you're just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. I want to add one more thing too that's present for me. It's like ego. We have this one mm-hmm. saying in one of our men's teams, like uh, commitment over ego. And I'm still continually learning this lesson of like, when is my ego engaged and how is it showing up? Whether it's around other men or women or children or whatever space I'm in, am I operating from my ego or am I present to my commitment in the space? And it's interesting to notice when my ego does get engaged, especially with other men. I'm like, wow, interesting. My ego is really engaged right now. And I'm not really getting anywhere in this conversation because it's two egos like battling each other. Um, so I just wanted to put that in the space too. So we, we, um, we talk about, <laughs> we call that um, the little bitch in, in our heads <laughs> when we're teaching. It's like that or your commitment, right? Wonderful. Yeah. So let's talk about the divine masculine here. Um, that's yeah. exciting. I think one thing that lights me up when I think of that is like, absolute presence. And one way I like to practice that is if I'm looking across at someone like truly listening to them, like they're the most important person in the world, like giving them that kind of attention and presence, um, I think it's such a gift that the mask can, can offer to anyone, any being really is just being so present so that other person can be seen, heard, express themselves. Uh, that is something that I just think is so attractive when I see anybody embodying that kind of way of being that presence. Um, I'd also say like Austin was saying earlier, just taking full responsibility. Um, Like, hey, I'm just going to take ownership that I did this and this is the impact and acknowledging that, being upfront about it and making sure to say that early on if something happens and and clearing that space. And um, divine masculine, what else? I just, I also think of like a role model. I love that word. Um, And a lot of our circles, um, I'm a stand that we're doing the work so that we can be role models for others out in the world so they have someone to look up to. And whether that's an elder man or a younger man, I think really when I circle up with men, it's like I can learn something from every man and really any being in general, whether it's man, woman, or whatever an identifying being that is, there's something to learn about everyone. Um, but I love the idea of being a role model. I think that's such a beautiful aspiration. And we talk about this other phrase, like being the man we've always wanted to be. I think that's in alignment with like being, like that's a, it's like a continuous journey. 
am I being the man I always wanted to be? And we get to ask each other that, you know, I'll ask Austin that he'll ask me that. And then we inspect each other. We'll hold up the mirror to each other and reflect back to that man. Hey, this is how you're showing up. You say you're, you say you want to achieve this. You say, this is your standard, but this is how you're actually showing up brother. And that's a beautiful gift of men's work is just holding the mirror up to be real with this man, you know, and we call it taking down our mask and being vulnerable with each other. Um, I think that's in alignment with that divine masculine that I'm sensing. And Austin, I'm so curious too, to just bounce it back to you, brother. Yeah. So um, when I think of the divine masculine presence, I think of a man who, who knows his impact of his words. So he looks at his environment and he knows that, that that's an indication of what he's thinking and saying. And if something's not going the way that he wants he knows that he's ultimately responsible for that. So it's a man who's taking responsibility for what he's saying, the impact of what he's saying, and how it's coming back to him. Um, and then um, being in a group of men that can hold each other accountable to the, the highest standard of that. So somebody who's being responsible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys keep throwing around this word responsibility and taking full responsibility can you kind of explain like what that would look like in a real world scenario a little bit? Um, to go back to what I was saying, I think it's, it's knowing that you, it's seeing yourself in somebody else. So in people. So um, if you're, if there's something that you're not liking that you're seeing, you're saying, okay, um, you're, you're not making it mean anything. You're not getting upset with it. You're just looking at it without any judgment saying, okay, I'm getting this back. What do I need to do or alter in order to do something different or, or get something different back? It could be a discipline I need to do. It could be the way that I'm speaking. It could be the way that I'm speaking that's getting a reaction from a spouse or a significant other or even different men in the circle. And so without any judgment, I'm looking at it saying, okay, what do I need to do? Because I'm ultimately responsible for my environment. And there's no reason to get upset because getting upset is going to actually, it's going to cause it to be more difficult for myself. So basically you're saying if my boyfriend is pissing me off, I need to figure out what I need to do inside of me instead of blame him. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to do that today. It's hard. It takes a lot of of practice. I feel like that whole thing. That's why real life examples are so helpful to hear. Yeah. Well, and something that I notice in both of you, because I happen to know both of you, um, and when I look at your way of being, and we're talking about the divine masculine versus the opposite, and I've definitely been in the presence of and experienced the opposite in my earlier years, something really distinct that I notice between men like you and the men you surround yourself with is you have a pristine self-care um, practice. Like your hygiene is is through the roof. Like the, the two of you. And it's also like the men in your circle. Like there's something around self-care, self-love, you know, like there's, there's something kind of divine about a man who takes impeccable care of himself. It's know? also part of like what they're being responsible for, right? Like if you're taking care of yourself, you're being responsible for mm. how you show up in the world. Yeah. We don't want to smell. <laughs> Smelling is, is unfortunate. Well, no, you guys I'm love like your sweaty ball every now and then. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay likes the sweaty balls. So. Not like disgusting, but just like if a man... You, you like know, a kind of disgusting. No, not disgusting. <laughs> just I like I like my partner's natural aroma. Okay, what can I say? Um, okay. So, I like my partner's natural aroma fresh out of a shower. 
Same. <laughs> Same sugar. But I'm a I'm a clean freak, so I'm oh. kind of the the wizard. Opposite. The wizard takes like two showers a day. Okay. Anyways, so it's very interesting to hear the way that you guys are speaking, and it's it's fascinating. So now our interest is really peaked. Can you? We want to know what you do behind the scenes in, the, in this closed container with men. Like, can you what 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 do you what do men come to you for? Like, what are these circles really like? <laughs> I love it. Um, Well, I will say one thing. We do take confidentiality into uh, consideration in every circle. That's one of the things that actually makes the circles sacred, in my opinion. It's like creating a container of confidentiality, specifically any specific names or details about the other men or their partners. We keep that confidential. And what we ask that the men take away are the lessons that they learned. And I think, and it is kind of rare and to find circles where you can just be straight up fully vulnerable as a man that I've at least found where you can trust other men and, and know that they have your back. And with that, um, I can also talk about personal things, you know, things that I struggle with, things that I bring to the circle, lessons that I've been learning. Like, for example, right now I'm having a breakthrough in my finances and um, just being empowered and confident around it. And I'm bringing this to the circles. I'm saying, men, like, and just I had a phone call with one of my other men today and I just got straight up black and white with them around exactly my net worth, how much I was making, like everything I owned. And it was uncomfortable for him to see me so like naked in a sense, just all my finances laid out. And I, you know, it was challenging having that conversation with him. Cause I was like, I want to look good. I want to sound good. Like he's seeing all the parts of me that I'm uncomfortable with. Like according to these numbers, I don't look that good, you know, or maybe compared to him, his numbers I might not look that good. Right. So that's something I, I personally go to the circle often for is my, my success, uh, my purpose. Um, when, whenever I previously, when I was in partnership, uh, with a romantic partner, I was definitely bringing some of those struggles to the circle. I mean, like definitely some deeper emotions, emotional work. I'll even speak to something that's very present for me just last month. Um, July 3rd, one of my good men passed away tragically. And I brought that Mm -hmm. to the men and, um, I was able to grieve. And actually just like two days ago, I, was, I had a great cry in the car, just on the way, listening to some music. Um, and going back a month ago, um, I, was, I was really numb. Like when it first happened, I, my, I just didn't really know how to process it emotionally. Um, and it took about a week. I was having a lot of conversations. And then um, we actually circled up out in nature and we had this amazing ceremony where I just looked at another man and the, 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 the prompt was like, Imagine this is a man you're looking We all split up partner, a partner B. I partnered up with someone else partner. A. And imagine this man is the person that's deceased. Like, what do you want to say to that person to be complete? And I just looked at the man and just wept for like minutes and he held me and I felt so safe and held. And, um, I just let it all out. I let it rip like all my tears just, and I felt like I could just be held in that way. And, for, and he was so strong. He held me with such care. And it was just, it was really sacred. It was really perfect. And, um, I mean, that's something that I, wow, I'm just so grateful. I have a space like that to grieve and to talk to the other men about the impact and what, what are they going through and, and really let those deeper emotions go in a safe space where I can just be like straight raw and then ground myself in my power and come back. I would say that's just a few things that's been really present for me lately that have been in the circle and awesome. I'm so curious for you, brother, what's present. Yeah. Um, 
You know, you mentioned confidentiality. I, I, confidentiality is really important for men because we tend to hold things really close to the vests and it has to be really safe. And it's usually stuff that's really deep down there. Uh, we're, we're good at hiding that stuff. For me, um, the men's groups and men's circles has allowed me to gain trust back with the masculine. Um, I, had, I had some stuff when I was younger where I was bullied by a group of boys, um, a couple different instances, but it was enough to have me not fully trust the masculine. So my relationship with my father is really more, more, it's been more, not recently, but it had been in the past more shallow, just about sports. And I played a lot of sports and it was just about being macho and uh, we didn't really get vulnerable and share. And so I, I grew up with a lack of trust for the masculine. When, when it came to relationships with women, I, I didn't feel like I could trust other men. Um, so having this space and a confidential space has allowed me to be vulnerable and actually trust men again. Uh, you know, a, a place where I can go, where I can share, where I can trust that they're going to have my back. Um, and, and, you know, for healing, it, it's been really important because I've been allowed to share and grieve and just know that there's a safe um, Love, loving, masculine presence there that's not going to do anything to hurt me in any way. So it's made well, a profound and, difference. And hearing you, hearing the way that you two speak is so profound and so inspirational. And I can also imagine that there's some, we do have some male listeners. <laughs> Shout out to our male listeners. <laughs> um, what up? <laughs> we have male listeners. And also, you know, for the women listening, thinking about their partners, I think that this this level of intimacy and vulnerability can be intimidating to a lot of men. Do you have any advice for either someone who's listening right now who's maybe like, I don't know how to, how to start this conversation or how maybe someone's partner could bring, you know, the idea of an intimate male support circle, like into their relationship? Like how could a, how could a woman talk, like bring this up to a man? Like, is there any way, anything we can do to support? Like, guiding our partners to like a circle like that. Yeah, I'll chime in. Um, this is great because I do, one of the circles we're facilitating in is just Zoom primarily. And I'll ask them and, hey, how'd you find out about the circle? And some of them will say, hey, my partner preferred me. I'm like, wow, amazing, great. Like that is a win. Um, so that's one, I think, simple step is if a man is, first, I think the man has to be open and willing. You can't like, you know, lead the water, lead the horse to water and make him drink. So there's, a, there's an openness and a desire there that has to be met. And um, I think there's plenty of circles on Zoom. That's a, so many people are Zooming now. That's one access that's kind of low commitment that you can still tune in. And, and sometimes on those circles, not, some men might just listen in most of the time and contribute some. And at the end of the call, they're like, wow, this was a huge impact, just listening in on the conversation and being in the presence of this. That's one thought. Another thought is um, how can we introduce that man to some of the men that she looks up to in a sense or sees qualities in those men that she's like, oh my gosh, if you could just hang out with this guy, then that would be great. So how, like, how can you create that connection in a sense, whatever that might look like? And then, I mean, another thing would be any local circles. There's so many local circles happening in different parts of the country or the world really. And just getting present to, hey, who's holding circles? Like who's facilitating? Can, can I bring a guest? Can, can I uh, recommend someone? And how do people... How do people find these circles? Is it on like Meetup or is there like a resource for this type of circle? Sure. Yeah. There's so there's a lot of bigger organizations like Mankind Project. They have a lot of organization circles. Sacred Sons has some circles. Sterling has circles. 
um, the men's circle, which Austin and I are part of, we do zoom. You could, you could also Google it men's circles and then type in the, the air, like the, you know, the, the name of the city. I was going to say one more thing too, like, um, women's circles, they typically know other men who host circles. That's another thought. Mm. If you know women who are in women's work, they might know other men who are facilitating and you just make that introduction. Well, and I want to, I want to lean in a little bit more because I'm sure there's somebody listening right now who is like, I really wish my partner was open and like, maybe there's a possibility, but there's some resistance there. Do you have any advice on a way that somebody can support their partner when there is resistance showing up around this conversation? I would just say like, like listening, like what, what is the resistance and just really creating a space to hear that person out. Um, not judging them, like being patient around it um, and making a request. Hey, like I, I'm requesting that you go to this. Like, you know, I've, I can, I've talked to so-and-so. He's more than happy to have you there, what that might look like. But listening, making the request and then making the access simple for that man to just make a decision black or white. And then if possible, if he can get in communication with another man around it, because like sometimes I find when I talk to other men about men's work, it's a very simple invitation. I'm like, Hey, we're going to have fun. It's going to be great. We'll do this. And like, Oh, let's do it. You know? Or even if it's an in-person, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to pick you up. We'll go together. And they're like, great. That sounds awesome. So we're having this experience of the conversation on the way there, the circle and the conversation on the way back. One thing that just pinged for me when you're talking that I want to communicate to our listeners is if, if he's a no, being with his no and not making him wrong for it will go miles because it gives him the space to continue to be a no or to consider maybe it might be a good thing. Yeah. Something magical really happens when you don't resist someone else's resistance. Then they're like, wait, but what? I have nothing to rebel against. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay. Um, Best decision for you that you have to make for yourself right now. Hey, Clitorati. We wanted to take a quick minute to share about our Patreon. You know, we absolutely love being able to create weekly episodes and continue to normalize our message of pleasure on earth. Our Patreon is a monthly subscription crowdfunding platform that allows us here at Clit Talk to have the flexibility to expand our message without having to worry about how it's going to financially impact us personally. We are committed to expanding and creating new and exciting things like live events and a safe VIP community so you can share and be heard in real time. So if Clit Talk makes a difference for you and you'd like to connect with us on a whole new behind the scenes level, please consider supporting our Patreon. Your support makes a huge difference for us so we can make a difference for you. Um, well, I know that you have really, Austin and Samir, you really prepared for this episode and you have sort of a special, we asked you if you could prepare. Um, one of the things that we're really committed to on the show is gender harmony, right? And supporting everyone on the gender rainbow. We asked you if you could come up with your top five secrets of how one can empower the opposite sex. Um, and for our listeners who don't have access to a group like this, um, what are some things that they can just bring into their relationships from listening to this episode? So, Fantastic. What are the secrets, guys? <laughs> and just, just so we're clear too, I think Austin and I created this from the context of like us men would invite the women in our lives to, to do these things for us or, or use these quote unquote secrets. So Austin, I have you right. kick us off with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so the number one, the one that we came up with, I think is it's the top one for me is supporting the man with his intuition. 
So getting him to be clear on what's important to him and then supporting him so that he can hear his own voice, um, that is really important. And also don't doubt it. So when he makes a decision and he's clear, know that he's clear. And then don't, don't question him on his choice on that because he usually when men are clear, they're, they're, they're decisive and they say, this is what I want. And that's what he wants. If you support him in that, then he will soar. And, and there's nothing better than a woman that supports a man in his intuition. Mm, wow. That's awesome. Mm. And real quick, just to uh, piggyback off that awesome, we were talking earlier, like sometimes it's challenging when a romantic partner might really poke holes in our decision and really, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And then it's like, almost like I'm clear, like this is the direction I'm choosing to go. Right. Do you yeah. want to say anything about that? Uh, it, just that it can be very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say disempowering. <laughs> very, very disempowering, very disempowering. And, and I think, um, I think the women will find that when they can support the man in the intuition, they'll actually get the things they're looking for the connection, the support, the love, because that, that is ultimate respect to me. If you can respect, if you can support me in discovering my own intuition and following that and then supporting that decision, there's nothing more respectful than that because that's what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. Since this is my partner, you know, sometimes this can show up with the simplest thing of like, what do you want for dinner? Are you sure that you want acai bowls tonight? But then like, Now we can look at it on the other side of the spectrum, like when we're having like serious conversations around our um, open-minded relationship, our our (laughs) poly-ship. Our poly-ship. Come on board, the poly-ship. That this is, this, this point of intuition is absolutely applicable in the smallest of things and then some of the most pivotal things. Did I hear a clip talk cruise in our future? <laughs> we just took clay parties to the UFO. whole other level. Yeah, like a UFO. Yeah. We're going on a clip cruise. Clip talk goes to outer space. <laughs> so yeah, number two, um, I think it's a two-part, two-parter here. For me personally, I think this is, yeah, I'll just say it. I like to be told that I'm doing a really good job. Like I, I, would, I love when people, and especially my partner, tells me like, like they're proud of me. That personally gives me a lot of like, Oh, like I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing a good job. Yes. You know, that drives me. And then Austin, you had a second part to this part with the context of kindness. Do you want to build that? Uh, Yeah. So for me, it's important to come from a vibration of kindness, a context of kindness. Um, For me, uh, when a woman is really calm and she makes a request from a place of calm, there's almost like this intuitive thing inside of me that says, listen to her because she's got something important. And so, so like for sugar, if, if she needs to get my attention, if she slowly just grabs my arm and makes a request, I get that it's really important and I'll actually listen. And she really has my attention. If she were to come at me with an anxious tone or, um, you know, just a angry or, or attitude, I'll resist it. I just won't hear it. I won't want to hear it uh, because I, I have a reason to defend. So for me, kindness is access to my listening. Mm. Sugar and I both struggle with that. We were actually laughing about that as we were working this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, because uh, because freaking awesome delivers me like kombucha yeah. root beer with like even brought me a mush- coffee, and I'm like, don't slip. 
slam the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, then I had breakfast right, come in like you. 15 minutes later. And I was like, wow, I really need to make sure I continuously, constantly speak with kindness. Wow. Yeah, but don't use kindness as like a manipulation. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we we'll see right through go that. on a poly ship? <laughs> <laughs> I just always wanted to go on a poly ship. See Mars. <laughs> I love it. So the next, the next secret number three would be be with your women, go circle up, go spend time being with your women, talking about the things that you want to talk about, um, expressing yourselves, like being in communication, sharing emotions, get things sorted out and vice versa. Um, like, what Austin and I tell men all the time, hey, go go bring that to the men. I mean, we just had a conversation with one of our brothers recently around, we were noticing he was, I don't want to break confidentiality, but I can put myself in this situation. In the past, I would bring a lot of things to my partner or uh, a woman. And then what I've learned is let me bring those things to my men and get those wow emotions, those deeper emotions, those things sorted out so I can come back and ground myself and my power with my, with my partner. So I just wanted to, create that. And Austin, if you want to piggyback on that third one. Yeah, I I would add that men and women are very different. Um, So I cannot actually get what I need uh, for myself by being around women because you guys, you talk and you get more emotional. um, You create, you create. Men are more solution oriented and it's more about stillness coming, coming to a solution and clearing things. And so there's a certain energy that the men can get from the men that just doesn't exist uh, in the space with women. And most men want to talk about it and talk about it. Men need, they really need space. And this is aside from like, this doesn't, uh, sexuality or gender purposes has nothing to do with it, right? Correct. I'm talking specifically about masculine versus feminine. And and everybody Mm -hmm. has a different set point, really. There's a a balance. Everybody has both inside of them. Um, Yeah. I've definitely been guilty definitely of that in the past too before, past I before I learned how important how this really is. I would go to my my partners with everything and they were like, oh my God, I can. And then I realized like they don't have to be your everything. That's what your girlfriends are for. And I love that you're applying this to men now because I've had this thought before where it's like, man, I wish my partner had guys he could bounce stuff off of because I think a lot of times guys do go to the partners because it's almost not like culturally acceptable you know, to, to go and talk about your feelings with them. So I love that you are making, like you're shifting that conversation. I think that's super important. This is reminding me actually on the camping trip that we all went on was the day we were leaving. Minus me. Yep. You were there in spirit. Okay. So I'm grocery shopping. You are. Yeah, you are part of the hot wife. Okay. So I was in the grocery store getting the food, like doing all of the the things that were on my list. And I get a call in the grocery store with like my hands full and a basket full. And it's Austin. And he's like, I'm at the rental car place. They don't have any cars that are available. And like, just so you don't, just in case you didn't know, like there's a certain kind of car you got to take to get up to the... To get to the deep forest party, it's like, off, it's like four it's wheel like, off like road, all wheel drive. Road. Like, all wheel drive. Four, you're like, hey, hey. Basically, you, there's no party if you can't get up there, right? So there's one of two vehicles. Ours is one and he's calling me. I'm in the grocery store telling me that there's no cars available. And I just, I, I breathed for a second and then I was like, I don't think I'm the person you should be calling about this. 
<laughs> and he's like, you know what? I don't think you are either. And then I was like, cool, bye. <laughs> Yeah, and then he Josh. called the brother. Oh, I did. I, when she Josh. said that, she, she, I, the minute she said that, I was like, oh, I called the right, oh, I called the wrong person. <laughs> she said, I don't think I'm the right person. I literally just hung up and called Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call Chuck, Dave, our friend's nickname is literally Truck Daddy. I'm like, you called Josh for that one. Josh for that one. Hashtag, what would Josh do? I don't know Josh. And four, we, we have we're 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 asking you to define your routine. Mm. And Austin's got a great build on this one. Yeah. So um recently discovered this. So we recommend finding your routine. This is really um getting clear on what you need and then defining a routine. An example would be in the morning. You're not always going to need the same things, and I think it's important to define what you need and let the other spouse or significant other, define what they need. And if you like spending time together, see where they overlap, but make sure that the other person is getting what they need so they can be empowered in the morning and support that. And so I, I think if if you're finding yourself in a codependent relationship, it's really good to to notice like where you're kind of giving something up for you and attaching to the other person. So I, I think this is really great to just define what you need, especially in the morning. And on the receiving side of it, let's not fucking easy. I was like, when he came to me like a while ago and was like, all right, and he typed it all out and showed it to me. I was like, but no, uh, but what about if, uh?" and he's like, no, like this is the stand that I'm taking. And eventually I sorted myself out and actually started to take on some of his practices. She started to be kind about it. Yeah. I sometimes get jealous of Ethan's routine, of my husband's routine. Rolling out for 30 minutes, CrossFit for an hour and a half, come back, he takes his bath, and then and we have a toddler. And um, and then he makes us tacos and then I go to work. <laughs> so oh. so that's good. So 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 Katie, is your morning routine working for you then? No. Yeah. So no. maybe you take this on and you you speak about your you say what you need in the no, morning. No, my morning routine works. Yeah, I need to. You know, there's only so much time and so many mornings. So when there's a routine, there does need to be a little bit more flexibility and negotiation. Well, and some maybe sometimes like one something that Ryan and I take on in our sex life is sometimes it's about him and sometimes it's about me. It doesn't always have like maybe some mornings are your mornings to like take a bath. I wanna I wanna add this too. I think the routine it's just important because it really shows you what's important to you. And and there's no reason to be super rigid. Um, you know, I, I tell sugar, I say, if, you know, if you get up 30 minutes later and you, you want to breathe with me, just come meet me where I'm at. Like, you know, where I'm going to be at. And it's not always going to be the same. It's not always going to be perfect, but at least we know what we, what we both need. And like, if I'm not having a great day, she'll know that I didn't do something. And maybe I do need to take time to meditate for 15 minutes, you know, to get grounded, but at least she knows. Well, and I think, I think it's important if you're doing, if you're having this as a secret that both partners are also willing to like, like one partner's not overly taking care of themselves. Like there has to be a balance, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I will put in, my husband has built a very successful business, which gives me the ability to do this. So I'm also very aware and full of gratitude for that every day. Um, But it's just the, you know, real, it's real life, you know? Yeah. I've, Routines 
fluctuate. So I think that's good to stay flexible. And, and look, Katie, if you are a request for us to flick our beans sometimes in the middle of our Zoom meetings, you know we will. Oh my gosh, we could fit it in together. Totally. He's going, the complaints corner is closed. It I'm has crossed my mind that when we take those like little quick pee breaks, it has crossed my mind to masturbate. I haven't yet though, but I do after our I calls. need a reminder. One time when I was okay. making lunch, I was actually having sex with Ryan. <laughs> you're like, you're making something else. I feel like you're just making that up because it's no, really I'm good. Not. He was like leaving. He's like, I love that. Me? I was like, sure. Which is like five minutes. Just sure. <laughs> and I'm like, Lindsay, where are you? I'm like, I'm eating a pita. I'm eating a falafel. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway. Falafel. <laughs> falafel. Falafel for fair I'm eating some Portuguese sausage. <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, sorry, we totally distracted you guys. We're <laughs> Keep going. We're just ignore us. <laughs> sorry. And we'll just t- we'll take this out here on number five. It's allowing <laughs> men or the masculine to have their space. Because like when I'm when I circle up, it's just it's just really healthy for me to be able to, for example, like I was having a conversation months ago with my previous partner, and we were having this really deep conversation. I got really triggered, and before actually saying it, like I noticed so many emotions were coming. I said to her, "Hey, I'm I'm a request that let me go get with my men, have a conversation. I'll come back to this conversation, and then we'll take it from there." And that was the best thing I could have done because I picked up the hung up that phone, picked up the phone, and called one of my best friends. And he just gave me exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And I allowed a lot of that emotion to kind of uh, flow through me. And then I just processed it, called some other men, got some conversation, got what I needed, and then came back way more grounded, way more calm because I was with my men, had the space, and she honored that and respected it. Then I could just communicate effectively. And we had so much workability from there. And I think it's just, I think it's just healthy too. I think as like a... Um, a man and a woman we're talking about those two specifically like it's good to have our space like if we're together all the time I think there could be just I don't know if it's the most natural thing if we're just always together like you were saying earlier like codependent a bit there Austin it's like Mm -hmm. no let's let's have some space and be with uh like our our circles so to say Mm -hmm. uh the other thing regarding space um I think it's important um that women know from from our standpoint that space means it doesn't mean that we don't want to see you it doesn't mean we don't like you if we say hey we just need a break or we need space that means i literally just need mental space i just i'll go on a walk that doesn't mean anything and usually for me i need i need a calm space a quiet um sometimes calling men is just quiet sometimes we just sit together we'll just sit together and be with no talking and that's really powerful. <laughs> so space is important. I could be better about that with the reason. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure hey, you like could. That's why, we, that's, why we, that's why I have a, like, we have a roommate, another woman, Melissa, that lives with us. So she can hang out with me all the time. <laughs> she makes our relationship work. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, okay. So one last question for you guys. Historically, men and women have worked and healed in separate arenas. And now we hear that you're actually starting to create environments where men and women can heal their trauma together. Can you quickly just tell us a little bit about that? That sounds so fascinating. Yes, I'll, I'll explain one idea because we haven't actually solidified it or created it yet. Um, I will mention this though. Uh, the idea would be there's some facilitator in the front of the room. 
We have women sitting here or the feminine on this side of the room. We have the masculine and the men on this side of the room. And we actually just have like a whiteboard up or some kind of paper. And we create a confidentiality. And we had the men just listen for this first section. And we asked the women, hey, what's working and what's not working about how the men in your life are showing up? Like, really? And then men are just holding space, listening to all that. And then once we're basically hearing all of their needs and like present to all that, then we shift the women are, or the feminine is quiet, holding space. And now the men go, what works, what doesn't work. And we're just sharing that real honest truth where we're actually taking our masks down and being really authentic with each other as a collective. Um, and I think I've done this before and it was actually very healing to be in that kind of a conversation and to get present to that. That's really worked. And um, yeah, Austin, I was curious if you wanted to add some things too. Yeah. Um, there's something else that I've discovered that's very powerful and that's acknowledgement from a man to a woman with the presence of another man, presence of another masculine presence as a witness. Most men and me uh, in the past has not been comfortable acknowledging a woman in front of another man. It can be sometimes embarrassing. It's very vulnerable. Um, Also, um, acknowledging... um, the feminine from a place with no of no expectation. Like this doesn't mean that I expect anything. I just want to acknowledge your beauty, your divine feminine. And it's really, really powerful when the woman can just relax and hear the acknowledgement from the masculine. So that's another exercise we were talking about. Um, and we've, we've actually done it and seen it where we've acknowledged each other um, back and forth. And it's just really powerful when it's really authentic. That sounds like it could be amazing or incredibly intense or both. <laughs> it could be intense, but I think I think you have to you have to be conscious of the context and the space to make sure that it's yeah. safe that people Yeah, setting people a context for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um amazing. And I've actually got two more quick things that are just on my mind I want to deliver into the space. Um consent has showed up lately, and I think that's a beautiful place to practice. Mm-hmm. Um it could be in a group setting, it could be more intimate, um, but practicing consent um, and guiding men on how to actually make that work with women in their lives is a huge opportunity that I think really works um, just from a man knowing how to kind of operate around women and then for the woman to feel safe and then for there to be communication around whatever that consent looks like. I think that's a beautiful opportunity. And then secondly, um, I, le- I personally love dancing so much I would love to do some kind of dancing uh, where the man perhaps or the masculine leads the feminine. And there's this, again, consent, yet this um, body language. Now we're getting more into our bodies here. Um, I think there could be a really beautiful healing and transformative practice inside of dancing um, with couples. Or maybe it's masculine and masculine, feminine and feminine, whatever you want to look like. I think we could really play with that and have a lot of fun with that one, I think. Oh, I love that. I love that idea. That's amazing. Yeah, I think we're what we're after in in this uh, setting is to have the masculine fully expressed with the feminine fully expressed in this in a, in a balance together. Yeah, that's, that is that's gender harmony, right? That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, thank you both. Thank you, Austin Smear, mm-hmm. so much for coming on and having this really profound conversation with us today. The, the work that you're doing in the world is so incredible and so needed and um you're really on the forefront of something that i think is going to have a global impact which is really really exciting um so thank you for for all the work that you're doing 
Um, can you tell our listeners the best way to keep in touch with you, follow you? Is there a way for them to find out about these circles if they're interested in joining your circle? Of course, yeah. And thank you so much for having us. Truly an honor. And um, Austin and I both circle up in a circle called the Men's Circle. If you go to Instagram and type in the Men's Circle, you'll go click the link in the bio and you can just register for a free call. Uh, we invite men to circle up with us for free and just test the space out, see if it's a fit for them. And we're also doing some in-person circles live here local in Los Angeles. And yeah, those are the best ways to get started. Amazing, amazing. Okay, great. Well, Katie and Shirley, is everything else you want to no. This you guys really are amazing. hot. This is yeah. great. This is this is really sexy conversation. I got it. I'm turned on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Twitterati, with that, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Clit Talk Show for your clit fix in between episodes.